It's five o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. Hit the door and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. <laughs> All right. Uh, hello again, everybody. And uh, welcome in. Oh, how about that? That was not good, was it? Uh, nice to have you along. Patrick Johnson here on uh, 94.3 The Game. The uh, IBX Media app. Also, we uh, have for you... Uh, the uh, ever-exciting uh, uh, 943thegame.com. Check that out uh, as well. Patrick Johnson here with you. Uh, Philip the Ref Pilkington producing the uh, show. Mr. Ref, how's life? It's good. I'm excited for a Pirate basketball game tonight. I think they can uh, get back to their winning ways and uh, should be a good one. You know, it's going to be interesting uh, because uh, they won last year in that building, and that, that probably... Uh, I, I'm going to guess that la- that loss last year, and I, and I think uh, there was more to this, but uh, I think the beginning of the end, the beginning of the end last year uh, for Isaac Brown was uh, the loss to ECU. That just had that feel about that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. that was the... That was the feel about it uh, in Wichita's. That, that was the beginning of the end of Isaac Brown because... Uh, you know, East Carolina's kind of been the perpetual uh, underachiever in basketball. And, uh, you know, I think that yeah, that was a big win for Mike Swartz. It was kind of a nice signature win given where they were. But uh, there you go. There you have it. So Cy Seymour's going to talk more about this uh, today. I-, I was looking for this a moment ago. That's why I appeared to be uh, not paying much attention. But do you know who sits atop right now the uh, league standings in the, uh, in the American, uh, Mr. Pilkington? Are you aware of that? Is it Charlotte? It is. Uh, Brian Mull tweeting last night at BG Mull on X. Was impressed with Charlotte coach Aaron uh, Fernie. I don't know how that's pronounced. I need to learn that because I've got that game on uh, March 9th. When we spoke last summer for Blue Ribbon, had a clear plan and obvious confidence from past successes as a head coach. Still wasn't expecting a first place uh, first place in the AAC in late January. Pretty imp- I mean, really remarkable if you think about it, because you have FAU as a Final Four contender, a top ten team, Memphis uh, with all of that talent coming back. I know a lot of people had high hopes for uh, Tulane that really never were achieved. Uh, I think SMU's got as good a talent, maybe uh, maybe maybe a notch below FAU and Memphis, but they've got really good talent. They've got tournament level talent. So, uh, and I think North Texas is fantastic, but Charlotte knocked them off. Charlotte beat UAB by six the other night. They're kind of living on the edge and doing this a little bit, and they've done. They got a lot of victories at home, but uh, look, you can't deny as we uh, get ready to flip the calendar for out of January into February that uh, we're sitting here and you got uh, a first place team out there in uh, Charlotte, which is kind of remarkable. They do have a basketball tradition. So we'll talk to Cy Seymour about all that. The game tonight at 7.30 here on 94.3 The Game with a 7 o'clock pregame show. All right, uh, we've got a pirate report coming. we got Cy Seymour still to come, and I'm going to try to talk Cy into doing Hold My Beer. He's not an alcohol drinker, so he may have to do like Hold My Cream Soda, but that's what I'm thinking, Bill. We'll do something like that for the program today. All right, a timeout, and when we come back, we'll come back with our pirate report, more from ECU Baseball Media Day. I'm still at the Working Man's Beach, Surf City. 
enjoying life. So uh, stay tuned. Now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Man, 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 man. We've got uh, Pirate Basketball coming up tonight, 7.30 and uh, 7 o'clock airtime here on uh, 94.3 The Game and 107.9 WNCT. Right now, we have uh, today's Pirate Report uh, we will, uh, by the way, we'll talk more hoops with Cy Seymour coming up, but, uh, our pirate report and Pilk, uh, text side, you have size number Pilk. You should text Cy and, and tell him it's going to be maybe closer to the bottom of the hour before we get it. Okay. We'll do. Can you do that? All right. There we go. Super producer, Philip, the ref Pilking. Uh, all right. Uh, pirate baseball media day the other day. Uh, here is, uh, some of the, uh, uh taste from that, from the player perspective, uh, let's start with Justin Wilcoxon, who says this is a team that knows what it takes to be successful. I think it's extremely important. I think we have a lot of seniors that are coming back, a lot of guys who it's their last year. They really know what it takes to be successful. Um, me, Carter, Starr, some other guys as well, and guys like JC and Trey who are extreme competitors. I think we're all trying to push everybody in the right direction, and we all know what it takes, and we know that everyone has to believe in it to be successful. All right, uh, and uh, we go to more with Justin Wilcoxon, the catcher for the Pirates, when he talks about uh, how he is uh, such a good hitter when catching takes up uh, more time than other defensive positions. Quite a question. Here we go. Really, you just have to separate the two. Like, you can't have your catching performance leak into your hitting. You can't have your at-bats leak into your catching. And for us, being a good defensive catcher that can lead a staff is the most important thing. So that's really just what I try to dive into and – Anything that comes in wise is extra for me. All right. Uh, Justin Wilcoxon on how he uh, calms down pitchers after they make a mistake. It's different, but mostly for the new guys, it's always uh, take a big breath, like slow down. There's no need to do anything extra. Like you've worked really hard to be here. Our coaches have worked with you to get to whatever point we're at. Like just trusting your abilities, trusting your stuff, and just take a breath and execute every pitch. All right, uh, and Justin Wilcoxon on his uh, personal offseason, what he did and uh, what happened, and uh, let's unravel and open that gift right now. This offseason, I, I kind of eased back just a little bit just to get my feet back underneath me, my strength back. Um, but right now in the fall and throughout this spring so far, I've basically been getting treatment, doing mobility for my shoulder and uh, my lower back and my legs basically every day. So I'm just – trying to work on some movement stuff and getting some more flexibility in there so I don't have to worry about anything later in the year. All right, uh, let's go to Trey Savage now uh, as he talks about building off what he learned last year as being a starter. Yeah, I mean, last year um, was thrown into a new role and didn't really know what to expect with that and use that year to improve on my skills. And coming into this season, it's just about um, – using everything I've learned from last year and and the uh, preseason and whatnot and being the best pitcher I can be. All right, a little more here from uh, Trey Savage uh, on playing for Team USA over the summer. I mean, it was amazing uh, putting that USA across the chest. Um, amazing feeling. And playing with the best players in the country at my level. Um, it was a great experience. 
Okay, more from Trey Savage uh, on being a role model for Zach Root. I told him, like, I'll be there whenever he needs me. Uh, has any questions, I'm there. Um, but we really challenge each other in practice and in our catch play, like we throw together every single day. Um, just trying to be the best role model I can be for him because he's going to be really good for us and help us win a lot of games this year. All right, a uh, little more here from uh, Trey Savage uh, when he talks about uh, – his arsenal of off-speed pitches that he's been working on. I think it's gone pretty well. Um, Coach Knight and myself have been working on the execution of my off-speed pitches and um, throwing them where I want them, when I want them, and just being all around the zone. All right. Uh, by the way, Pilk, I think we're going to be getting the sigh right on time, so don't tell him to be standing by. All right, uh, let's go to Danny Beal now. Uh, another one of the uh, pirate pitchers uh, in line to maybe be one of the uh, starters this year. We will see. Beal not focused on his personal accomplishments, he says. I don't really, I don't really think too much into the personal accolades. I think I just know where I want us to go and where our older guys want us to go as a team. And obviously, it's Omaha and win a national championship. But whatever I can do to help the team win, whether that's Pitching a lot, pitching a little bit, starting, relieving, it doesn't really matter to me. Just helping us win and do what we need to do to get where we want to go. All right, uh, more from Danny Beal, uh, who talks about uh, the uh, diversity that the Pirates have in the bullpen. Sorry, I skipped over that one, Pilk, so let's go back to cut nine. I think very important. I think that's kind of what has made not only me, but our entire team unique in years past is we've had so many guys that are able to do a lot of different things really well. And I think that's kind of what makes us so effective as a pitching staff is we have so many guys that have different kind of looks from different arm angles. And um, I think that is what has helped us get to where we are and continue to get where we want to go. We uh, asked Danny Bill what young guys on this staff have impressed him so far. I think Ethan Norby is is really good. I think he's got a lot of promise. Um, obviously, he's around from where I'm from, so we kind of – Worked out a lot together over break, and I think just seeing him progress from where he was in August compared to now, he's got so much potential to be a really big part of what we're trying to accomplish this season. Um, there's transfers like Chris Kaler, who's got uh, you know a lot of experience in college coming from George Washington, and he's got a lot of potential as well, and there's numerous others. But I think those are the two that stand out to me, and I think Norby can be a big part of what we have starting or relieving, and the same thing with Chris. So. All right, uh, very good. Danny Beal on the importance of the team continuing to develop. We're always developing. I mean, we're, we're going to be different from by the time we're now till opening day and then opening day to May and then therefore. So it's, I think we're always developing and trying to get better. Um, I think it's, it's a forever process of just not being complacent with where you are, whether you're good or bad. Um, but, I mean, obviously there's guys that have stuff to work on, myself included, and we're going to keep doing that until the season gets here, and then as the season goes on, if there's bumps in the road, we'll figure those out and get through them. But I think we're looking phenomenal at the plate, as we always do, just because of the fact that we have such an older lineup that has so much experience in terms of playing in big games, having big at-bats, and the same thing on the pitching side. I mean, Trey's Trey. You know, he's, he's going to be awesome for us on Fridays, and we just have a lot of guys that have played in big games and have the experience of being able to handle themselves and not have a lot of jitters, and I think it's going to – it's going to be fun come February. So, All right, uh, Pirate Report continues now. Zach Root looking to be the uh, Saturday starter for the Pirates this year, the uh, sophomore out of Florida. And uh, here's Zach. He says he feels more comfortable now that that freshman year is behind him. 
coming in as a freshman last year, you really have no idea what to expect. And just having that first year under my belt, I mean, I just know the gist of what it's going to take to succeed. And that's just the experience really helps. Uh, more from Zach Root, who talks about treating every game like it's game seven. I'm just trying to treat this year just every game I pitch like that regional, just trying to, like we talked about, we have to treat every game like it's game seven of the World Series. And I'm just going to go into every game thinking that, I mean, this is the most important game. And just so my, I can just keep the level of like competitiveness at that high level. Or from uh, Root, uh, who talks about uh, how he and Trey Savage have stayed motivated. One of us is going to be Friday and the other Saturday. And <clears throat> it's just whoever's going to be pitching better is going to be on Friday. So whoever's on Friday is going to be trying to stay at the best so the guy on Saturday doesn't like overtake him, basically. And then the guy on Saturday is going to have to like working to be on Friday. All right, and uh, last one here from Zach Root on uh, pitching uh, the tough games as a kid and how that helped him get ready for college. Uh, just growing up, travel ball, high school, I was always like slated to pitch the tough games. So just I was always around that environment and like having to pitch in the like big games and win and move on games. So that's I've just grown up. So it's not grown up pitching in that type of environment. So it's just just like another game. All right, uh, that'll do it for today's Pirate Report. Pilka, is that all of the cuts, or do we have any maybe extra ones from AK or anything like that? Uh, we have some more. I was gonna. We got through the, uh, or that's all that's cut up now. But we still have a lot of the position players still to go over the ah, next couple of days. Good call, Philip the ref. Pilka did more pitching good today. I put Will Coxon in with the pitching because he's a catcher. Right, because it's the battery. It's yeah, the battery. I so, understand. Yes, and I was going to exactly. do the, uh, I think we still got JJC, Starling, okay. and Cunningham. We're fine. We're fine. Yeah, we, we yeah have we'll have some of that tomorrow. We're fine. That's it's a week-long uh, extravaganza of uh, covering uh, media day, as you know. All right, uh, Philip the Ref Pilkington with a 94-3 The Game sports update and pirate report, including a preview of tonight's ECU basketball game at Wichita State. Take it away, Pilk. And that's Cy Seymour. Cy Seymour will be joining us. Take it away, Pilk. Take it away. Take it away. Thank you, P-Man. Starting in Pirate Athletics, the men's basketball team will be back in action against Wichita State tonight, and Coach Schwartz gave us a little scouting report on the Shockers. They have a guard that can really play. I mean, he, he can really go, and they got a couple bigs in Poto, and Poto was there last year, yep. and Poto is a dynamic dynamic player as a post player they're putting it all together right now in terms of you know what 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 they can do that game will start at 7 30 eastern time tonight with network coverage starting at seven o'clock right here on 94.3 the game as well as 107.9 as part of the ecu sports network a couple of top teams went down last night as number 11 oklahoma fell 75 to 62 arch rival texas and number six kentucky lost 79 62 in columbia against the gamecocks elsewhere tonight in the american south florida will visit temple 22nd ranked FAU will travel to Rice and Tulane will go to UTSA. 
The 2024 Hall of Fame baseball class has been announced. There were 26 finalists. Each one of the writers could vote on up to 10 people. They had to get get at least 70% of the votes. Only three of those got 70% of the votes and are eligible for this year's Hall of Fame. Those are Adrian Beltre, Todd Helton, and Joe Maurer. They will be inducted later this year. That'll do it for your 94.3 The Game Sports Flash Update and Pirate Report. On the other side of this timeout, we will be joined by Cy Seymour, the color analyst for ECU basketball on the ESPN Plus side, to preview tonight's matchup with the Wichita State Shockers. Taking the rage out of your drive home. You just cut me off, but it's no big deal. Patrick Johnson on 94.3 The Game and the new IBX Media app. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, let's uh, welcome in Cy Seymour. Cy, I didn't tell you this before, uh, but uh, we have a segment that we might do in our final segment. Uh, it's kind of a what grinds my gears segment. It's called Hold My Beer. Now, you, we know you don't drink alcohol. You can call it home my, Hold My Cream Soda or whatever it is you consume. Uh, <laughs> but it, it, will you do that segment with us? We like to get new people to do it. So after we talk hoops sure. and come back for our final I love it. Cy Seymour's up for anything. That's the great thing about Cy Seymour. He is up for anything just, at any I time. I won't so drink alcohol, but I'll be, I'll be, I'll be, yeah, I'll that's be, over. Right. I'll be glad to do it. You, you could say, hold my root beer. <laughs> you know, you there you go. Yeah. Yeah. But it's what, you know, it's a gripe and I know you're very positive, so you don't gripe a lot, but you know, this, no, it could be anything sports, you know, yeah. uh, life, whatever yeah. it's, it's yeah, that's the beauty it. of hold my beer. You, me and Pilk will do it. All right. Hilk, what do you I think of this? Good. We got side for we got side for hold my beer, or in his case, hold my root beer. What do you think? I think we've had some great people on for this segment, but this tops them all. I'm excited. Yes. I don't want to fast forward <laughs> through this segment, but I do want to fast no, forward through this segment because no. I'm so excited for hold my beer. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> all right, uh, the great Cy Seymour, who for years traveled with the basketball team as the radio analyst with the uh, late Jeff Charles and uh, now is uh, alongside me. Big downgrade for him uh, as he's with me on the ESPN Plus uh, telecast. Cy and I will have uh, our next telecast together a week from tonight when ECU hosts USF. Boy, when you get in conference, it just comes fast and furious, doesn't it? And Cy, uh, let's start with just the conference overall. Uh you know, if you had Charlotte sitting atop the league standings this late in January at six and one on your bingo card, you might be shouting out bingo because, uh, you know, if sports gambling had uh, finally been legalized earlier in the in the uh, state, uh, you'd have put down some money on the Niners. You'd be looking good at this point. No doubt about it. And first of all, let me let, I want to tell you, you are wonderful to work with. You and Jeff, I, I've been very fortunate. Two of the best in the business. So get that one straight right now. I work with Jeff but, yeah. and he was wonderful. And then I turn around and I get you. It's been, it has been uh, a, a well, great transition and fun. So you need to understand. Here's that. what it is. Cy. two Eastern North Carolina huckleberries on the TV. That's you all it got is. It. Well, especially, I know what I am, <laughs> but you do a great job and I, and, and it's fun to work with you. Uh, but getting back to this right now, when you look at the projections, the American Conference has three teams going into the uh, the 64. The same as the good. ACC. It should. Yeah. It should. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, we always try to tell you how good this league is. You know, you and I do. We say this is a really good monster league, and it is. And the, the difference is this year, it is, it is one from the top to the bottom. There is no, no game that's easy. None. And 
and uh, it's a matter of a, a, a couple free throws. It's a matter of a three-pointer that, that makes the difference in these conference games. That's how good it is. It's a wonderful league to be in. Um, can it sustain for the Niners? Can they keep it up? I mean, I don't know what their schedule is off the top of my head, no, but I mean, I, you know. Yeah. No, I, when you look at their schedule, it fell good. I mean, for now, they've not been through Memphis, they, but they've had the home game. For example, North Texas gets us in a heartbreaker. Then they go back to North Texas, and then they come back to Charlotte in the same week, and, and Charlotte gets them. You, you know, I'm just saying that it was a home game for Charlotte. They had two straight-away games, and they played us, and then they, go, they play North Texas that next time, and I'm sure it was a letdown. I'm, I'm for, for, they're tired. I mean, that, that was an emotional grinding game against North, North Texas. Good coaching staff. I'm not saying any of that. But it was an, it, when you're talking about one or two possessions, the schedule so far has been favored a little bit for Charlotte. Now, that doesn't mean they're good, yeah, not good. Yeah. They are good. They, they're really right. good. But that's how much difference it is. It's, it's one game. It's two. It, yeah, it's, it, I mean, it's one home game at the right time. Uh, one missed free throw, one missed uh, three that you thought was in and didn't go in, one that they make. It's it's just that kind of year, and it's a when you go to the games, buckle up. Uh, it, yeah. it's tough. And uh, Wichita be the same thing. Well, they're due and they're well coached and they've got talent. Yeah, they get to win, which is nuts. It's completely nuts. Yeah, uh, Niners, by the way, 9-1 and one at home. Pirates will play there on the uh, 3rd of February, which is a Saturday. Charlotte has won six in a row. To your point about how tough it is, this was Mike Swartz earlier in the week on the Coaches Show. Again, this is kind of so far. The, the, the chapter, the book isn't complete yet, but the chapters that have been written so far and to the point we are ha- have said that, and we're, we're looking at you know five, six games of that, whether you can go back to the non-conference and you talk about games like Florida and South Carolina, and then you get to FAU and obviously North Texas and UAB, our last two, all very good ball clubs. We know that. Uh, but, but that is the frustrating part, and, and it is that. You know, um, I think he said it perfectly right there, and, and it echoes what you're saying. I mean, these are all possession-to-possession games. I know they ended up losing to Florida Atlantic by uh, uh, double digits, but that was kind of like the UAB game. It was a close game. The Pirates were right in it, kind of controlling it at points, and uh, the last four minutes got away from them. Yeah, it was 65-63 with three to four minutes to go, and all of a sudden we we get you know, we, they go on a run of 15. I mean, it was it was nuts. I mean, the, and then so it looks like you got beat bad, you know, you, you, but you did. It was it was a it was a great game, and every game has been like that. Every game is this possession, that possession. And I agree with Mike. That's what, and I know I'm optimistic all the time, but the truth is it's January 25th or 24th, and we're looking at and talking about how good this East Carolina team is and how good this is. Usually, I mean, like tonight, it's going to be a dogfight, but you shouldn't get down because this thing can go different ways the whole rest of the year. I don't think it's, I think you gotta you got to really stay the course. The fans have been coming out for ECU. The students have been coming out. They need to continue to do that because this program is headed in the right direction, but it doesn't happen overnight. Um, so you got, as we mentioned, Charlotte sitting atop the standings, then Florida Atlantic 5-1. and one. Are, are the Owls the best team in the league, you think? 
truthfully, I still say Memphis. I do. I think the Isles are good. I think Memphis is good. I think North Texas is very good. I think Charlotte's mm-hmm. good. I think I think they may be look SMU state team and SMU. They may they may be the top three. SMU may be up there with Memphis and FAU. But but yeah. there's a nickel between them. I'm t- I, there's nothing there that doesn't say that any of these teams can't win it. And, and we could get three teams in. And, and unless we beat each other up, and that could happen. You know, you go on the road and get slipped. That, that, like, like Memphis the other night going to Tulane and get beat. That's going to happen. Tulane is good. Tulane is really good. They've got great players in. Forbes, the point guard, six foot five, can really play. Then James can play. That, that team is loaded, and that's just the way this league is. And so you better, yeah. you, you got to understand when you really study this league. I, yeah. I had a guy that's been to two of our games who's a former coach that had been going, and he said, Man, this is a good league. He called me and said, And he's a former coach. He said, I didn't know it was this good. I said, Yeah, it's this good. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's it's amazing when you get in it how how you can really see what's going on. The great Cy Seymour is with us here. We're talking uh, basketball in the AAC, and we'll get to ECU tonight at Wichita State in just a few moments. And to keep you the, the hook, the tease to keep you with us, uh, we'll do an edition of Hold My Beer today, and Cy Seymour's going to play. It'll be Hold My Root Beer for Cy, but that's fair. That's okay. All right. Um, so Silas uh, – South Florida is up there too. Uh, other than Charlotte, I think they're the they're they would be the next biggest surprise. South Florida. I, I agree with you. I, I didn't see that one either. But but I get it. The portal changes everything, Patrick. It just changes if if the chemistry works for the kids you get out of the portal. And I, and I know you think this is crazy, but I was talking. I, I was I was texting this morning at seven thirty with one of the guys that's the head of the portal for Clemson, and we were just. That's exactly what we were talking about. You know, we were talking about well, how's it going to go, and he's a, he's a coach up there, and he, we were saying, and he's a wonderful guy, and, and we were just talking about how crazy it all is, and and where you need to go. And I said, you know, you really don't know until who do you lose, what do you need, but the portal is going to now. It, you better not underestimate the portal. You know, it could be as many as. For any team, it could be many as eight players you get in, or as you know, maybe two or three. But you don't know. But you better be looking in, in the portal if you want to be successful now, because there's too many good players entering that. And look, I love freshman players, but these kids have been on this level. They know what it takes, and that's why you take the chance on it. It's not even. It's a less chance. So you do what you have to do. The portal changed everything as far as that goes. Uh, we're talking to Cy Seymour here, uh, ESPN Plus college basketball analyst for ECU and uh, longtime uh, coach at Craven Community College, uh, analyst on ECU's uh, radio network for hoops for many, many seasons uh, as well as uh, we talk uh, pirate basketball with, uh, with uh, Cy. One last note on the uh, American. You say three teams uh, getting in. Memphis has hit a little bit of a skid here, uh, lost two in a row. What's wrong with the Tigers? Well, they actually added guys at the semester break that are really top-notch players, but then you wonder, did it affect their chemistry? See, that's, that's, that's the thing that can happen, too. They added kids after the break. Now, I still think the talent level, their point guard is unbelievable. Daniel's playing big, good inside. 
they've got a good basketball team. And I, and, and, and I think, look, the other day they hit a team that knocked down threes from downtown. They're very good. Cross is good for Tulane. This is not, this is not a fluke loss. I mean, this is a really good team. And, and so Memphis got beat, but don't let him, the Tigers are the Tigers. They're always going to be a good basketball team. But I, I think FAU is going to be there. I think SMU, you made a good point about SMU. They can be there. I think this yep. Wichita State team will get better. I, they're just there's too many things there that are right, and they're just struggling right now. They're going to get there. Uh, we're talking hoops with Cy Seymour, and uh, let's get into ECU. And you mentioned Wichita State. Shockingly, the Shockers, pardon the pun, zero and five in the league yeah. uh, to start. They've dropped seven in a row. They are the only team that has a long, well, one of uh, three teams that have a longer losing streak right now than the uh, Pirates do. Uh, Temple and UTSA have lost four in a row, but uh, seven straight defeats for Wichita State. I think this was the loss last year that started the beginning of the end for Isaac Brown when the Pirates went in there and won. It was a huge victory for Mike Swartz at the time. Uh, East Carolina looking to continue that uh, here tonight. It is a tough building to play in, and as you say, they're kind of due. And, uh, you know, it's just going to be interesting to go in there. And I mean, East Carolina is capable of sending them to 0-6, but uh, you never know. No, I, th- I think this game is, is a really difficult game, and it's going to be for anybody else that plays in there. I mean, they, they are going – listen, Paul Mills, if, if you know about this guy, he was a Baylor assistant under Drew, Scott Drew, which all men he knows basketball. Then he goes over to ORU, okay? He goes over there as the head coach in 2017. And, and think about this now, in 2021 – he is only the second coach in the history of the NCAA. He took ORU as a 16 team to the finals. I mean, as a 16 seed or 15 seed to the Sweet 16. Hey, yeah, that's how good a coach he is. Then last year, 22-23, he just, he just simply goes 30 and five and goes to the NCAA. So this guy is a really good coach. That is just getting started. They they made sure they hired the right guy, and he is the right guy. And it takes a while to build. It's like it's like Mike. You're coming in. You got to build. You got so tonight. You're seeing a really good coach in Paul Mills against a really good coach in Mike Schwartz. Mike's in his second year. He's in his first, and the portals come into play. So there's a lot of things going on. But I'll be honest with you, and Patrick, I don't say I, I, I say it on the air, and I say it with you. What we do defensively. Once we get it down, it's the best defensive effort I've ever seen. And, and look, that's a credit to that whole staff. When they start rotating right and doing things right, it is it is beautiful to watch. Right now, you'll have you'll have a mistake or two mistakes, and it looks bad. But you got to understand, it is really close to being almost uh, really hard to beat. And and so I like where the pirates are. It's just a matter of time and and. Uh, continuing to learn the system and maybe fix the puzzle a little bit at the end of the year with personnel, you know, adding or whatever you do in this game. Mm-hmm. But no, mm-hmm. this is, this is a really good team. And, and the, the same thing that happened with Paul Mills. They're They're going to get better. And, and this could be their breakout line. It, it, it's a talented well, team. 
Wichita State is a uh, three-and-a-half-point favorite at home, so it's essentially a pick tonight between those two right. uh, for entertainment purposes only, of course. Uh, Cy Seymour with us. All right, Pirates turned it over a slew of times uncharacteristically from the guards, and I know Mike Swartz is really talking hard to Bobby Pettiford right now uh, to, to kind of be the guy that sort of takes that role and, and grabs it. Too many turnovers, especially late in Birmingham the uh, other afternoon, and uh, that was the demise ECU, kind of an uncharacteristic turnover game. And it wasn't anything necessarily that UAB was doing special. Yeah, it was really unforced. It was just careless, lackadaisical mistakes. You, you can't be lackadaisical in college basketball on any play. You just can't. You, you, you know, uh, you throw a pass to the backcourt for no reason. After after timeout, uh, you, you get a, a backcourt violation and nobody guarding you. You cannot do that. You, every pass has to be sharp. I try to, I tell people all the time, when you're, when you're passing the ball on the perimeter, it better be sharp and to the outside. Because if it's not, it's a dunk at the other end. So anything in the backcourt that, that you, you, you mess up on. Now, like I said, the only time you really need to see a bounce pass is going into the post. Because if you try to bounce it outside, that slows that ball down just enough for these guards to pick it and go. And the other day, it was just a lackadaisical pass that all that you got a backcourt on, and it happens all the time. You've got to cut that out because one possession in today's world is the difference. I, you know, I looked up today. I said, "Okay, let's look at conference games. Our opponents from the line. You and I have sat together. We see it. They are shooting at seventy-nine point something, almost eighty percent from the line. ECU is shooting." 69%. It's a 10% difference. It is basically a, it's 69.3 to 69.4, to something like that. It's a 10% difference in free throw shooting. How many games have come down to 10% of your points from the foul line? See, yeah. that could have ended it earlier. You know, you know what I'm saying? That's how close yeah. it all is. It's, it's a, it's a banked in three shot in the game or it's a offensive rebound put back because you didn't hustle or you miss ten percent more free throws than they miss. That that's the difference in the games. That that those, those are the things. So ECU is not far off, but yet until you can clean that up and get it done, it, 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 in these kind of games in this league, that's what happens. All right, uh, Cy Seymour, uh, give us a prediction for tonight, Silas. Give us what it'll take for the Pirates in your mind to to win on the road, which is always uh, brutal in the American, as we've talked about here for the last several minutes. Well, you're, you're going to have to really deal with the challenges of their bigs. Uh, they are, they're big inside. Photo's a big man. They've got two guys like Photo. They're 6'10". ECU struggles with size. Somehow you're going to have to combat that size. You're, you're, you're going, you can't turn it over. You're going to have to knock down threes. And you got to you got to make your free throws. Defensively, we, we'll work hard. We we will work hard. But on the offensive end, those are things you have to do. Uh, but this is a very like I said, this is not that we can think they're bad. You know, they lose to they lose by four at South Florida. You know, they lose at Florida Atlantic. That's their last two losses. Now they got blown out by Memphis. But this is a better team than than what their scores are indicating. And. He's an old, you know he he gets it. He'll, he the key is now in this conference schedule hold your kids together. That's the key. February right around the corner. That's the real grind. That's the real grind. All right, Cy Seymour will play 
Hold my beer. Coming up uh, next as we wrap up the PJ Show. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. All right, uh, Pilt. Let me hit it here. Here we go. We got to get through it. Do you have something you need to get off your chest? Get off your chest. I am not here for rage. I'm here for revenge. Did your favorite team blow another game? They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Or is there just something that's driving you crazy? I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. It's time to let it all out. You have made me very angry. Very angry indeed. With another edition of Hold My Beer. Hold my beer. All right. You know the rules. It's like who grinds, what grinds my gears. Uh, by the way, Alex Flynn is reported by several outlets and uh, the uh, friends, our friends at 247 Sports Hoist the Colors. Stephen Igo uh, will forego his final season of eligibility, move on with his next phase of life. When Garcia came in, that was a sort of fait accompli for Alex Flynn. All right. Uh, you know the rules. All right. Uh, Cy, Cy Seymour's with us. Cy doesn't enjoy a frothy cold beer, never has, uh, has never touched his uh, lips. But, and I'm not kidding when I say that, Cy uh, can say, hold my, whatever his beverage of choice is. So stand by, Cy. We're going to let, we're going to let Pilkington go first. So you get kind of a taste of what this is about. So fill up the rep Pilkington with, uh, with, and then Cy, you and I will comment on it. All right, here we go. Uh, Fill up the rep Pilkington. Hold my beer. All right. Hold my beer. There is only one Stanley Cup. All the now, props to Stanley for their great marketing tool and getting all these girls to buy a cup that is no different than any other cup. It holds a beverage the same way. Oh, I but, thought you meant the Stanley Cup. But I didn't no, know that's you my meant. point. That's my point. They're they're talking about all these multiple Stanley Cups. No, there's only one. It has been drinking out of by guys named Gordy Howe, Wayne Gretzky, and Bobby Orr. That is the only Stanley Cup. I don't want to hear about any of this. I refuse to ever, like a beer has never touched size lips, that Stanley Cup will never touch my lips. If I'm drinking out of a Stanley Cup, the Boston Bruins have won it, and they are allowing fans to come drink out of it. That is the only way I, <laughs> these lips are touching a Stanley Cup. The Stanley Cup. Only one Stanley Cup. Uh, I didn't know where he was going with that, Si. I thought that was pretty good, didn't you? Yeah, and it's hard on a man that doesn't know enough about hockey. I do know the Stanley Cup, and I know they drink out of it. So I'm, I'm pretty good on that. Okay, all right. Uh, time for Cy Seymour's Hold My Beer. Cy, or uh, whatever you, your beverage of choice is, you, you say hold my whatever my, and then you give us what grinds your gears. So go ahead, Cy. I'm interested yeah, to hear this because Cy's so positive. Pepsi. Yeah, I hold my <laughs> Diet Pepsi's and Diet Cokes. I'll hold those two. Uh, especially Diet Pepsi's being I'm, I live in Newburn. So anyway. Yes. Uh, I th- there, I've got too many. You got to get me back on this one. Uh, <laughs> one, one is I do not understand with kids so big why they haven't changed the width of basketball courts. With the, with the width, with mm. the moving of the three point line, these kids are stepping out of bounds because they're literally their feet do not fit inside the lines. That's why you see so many out of bounds calls. That has to change. You've got to change the width of the court. And personally, I think you need to change the length of the court. 
uh, you, we have it in baseball. We have different size fields for your team. Mm-hmm. Well, all teams have big guys. You need to change the, the the width of the court and like it needs to be instead of fifty, it needs to go wider on the sides. Ninety four needs to be ninety six, ninety seven. It it's just when you're trying to guard these big people, it is so so difficult. So that's the one that really gets me. That why they don't look at that and change it. That you know they should widen the lane. There are a lot of things that can okay. make the game better. How long would you make the court? How long would you make the court sites? Ninety four feet. Down. How, go, how much? I would probably go ninety eight. You know, or, or or you know, just just two feet on either end makes a big difference. On first of all, how a referee can call it, he can see it better because things are spread out. It's it's rough now. So, but it makes a big difference. When I was on the junior college level, most courts I played on were ninety four feet, but sometimes you had to play on eighty four feet uh, uh, courts that were that were uh, high school courts. And uh, Nate McMillan, who later went on to NC State and was a pro, at 6'6", he's guarding you on a high school court, and he goes to trap you, you, you can't throw over it. It, it makes a big difference uh, on the court size on how you play it. And I think all the way around for every kid out there, it would be better. I agree. What do you think, Pilk? Yeah, that's an interesting take. I've never had it that way, but nowadays players are bigger. Human beings are much bigger than they used to be and taller, so I wouldn't be opposed to it. And as someone who has officiated, it can get a little tight. However, I have never officiated on a 94-foot court, so can't really speak right. to that, but yeah. Yeah. All right, I'm on the East Carolina weight loss program, as you all know, over 22 pounds in the last month. Very proud of that. Congratulations, man. Congratulations. Thank you, Silas. And so, uh, I, uh, no, hold my beer for me. So, uh, hold my sparkling water. Here's what I'm going to, uh, say. Uh, I've spent, uh, several days here at the working man's beach doing the show surf city. And, uh, in the, uh, off season, not enough, uh, not enough open restaurants. I'd like a little oh. more variety with my, yeah. uh, you know, opportunities. I went and got some great seafood the other night and brought it back and uh, had two meals out of it, but. I'd like there to be a little more. So, you know, and look, I get it. It's the off season, but, you know, there's there's more people spending year-round down at our beaches. So that's that's my deal. Hey, Cy, thank you very much. We'll uh, talk to you soon, and I'll see you next Wednesday. Always good, man. Keep it up. Thanks for all you do for athletics, and it's so good. Thank you, so, both of you. Thank you so much. Yep, thank you. There he goes, the great Cy Seymour. Pilk, that was great with Cy, wasn't it? Awesome. Yeah, that was fun. Enjoyed having him on. All right, we're uh, the final thirty seconds of the show, so let's thank uh, Cy Seymour. No, no, no. We we uh, we started at 05. We've got we've got oh. five minutes left in the show. Oh, are you serious? I would have kept him on if I'd known that. No. Well, I tell you what, we're gonna wrap it because I gotta go. <laughs> so, Pilk, uh, I'm gonna let you uh, come back uh, at the end of this, maybe with another update for the radio audience, or uh, or however you want to play it. All so right. sounds good. I'll leave that up to you. Yes, uh, but thanks to you, Philip the Ref Pilkington, Yeoman's work as always, and I liked your take on the Stanley Cups because those things that are being sold in Target are costing what, like ninety dollars? I have no idea. I know people are buying them and reselling them. That's all I know. Ah. Uh, well, they are. That's where they're at least three hundred dollars on their secondary market. All right. Thanks to Cy Seymour. Great job by him. Uh, don't forget Pirate Basketball uh, coming your way at 7 o'clock tonight in airtime here on 94.3 The Game and the IBX Media app. Uh, also uh, on 107.9 WNCT, 7 o'clock air, 7.30 tip. Pirates three-and-a-half-point dog at Wichita State. 
I like ECU to get the win tonight. I think the Pirates win for the second season in a row uh, there in Cowtown. I think that's what, uh, or in Cattletown, whatever the hell they call it out there. That's what I think is going to happen. So that's my that's my big take of the day, Pilk. How do you feel about that? That's my take of the day. I feel good about it. I think the uh, Shockers are struggling. Don't they have their feet under them? Pirates, I think, have learned from these losses. They look better against UAB. Feeling good about it. By the way, uh, we mentioned the Flynn thing. Did you mention that in your update? I'm not. I, I stepped away, so I don't. Uh, no, I had not. I had not yeah. realized it yet. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, no, that's fine. Um, you know, I think Pilk. Um, to me, that may. I mean, you'd, you'd like to have him back if you're Mike Swartz and or Mike Houston, because he knows the culture of the program. So from that standpoint, you would. And I think had Donnie Kirkpatrick been retained as the offensive coordinator, he. He make up, but I mean, you know, to be there one more year, learn a whole new offense. He's not going to be, uh, you know, anything probably better than the backup. Likely, if everything plays, and the two guys that are going to be competing for the starting job stay the third string guy. Uh, he has aspirations to go be a doctor. I don't blame him one bit for for kind of moving on. How about you? No, you can't. I mean, look, this kid is going to make a lot of money one day, and it's it, it's not going to, unfortunately for him, not going to be playing football, as it isn't for a lot of us. You know, they always talk about there's so many student athletes in the NCAA and this X amount of percentage of going professional in something other than sports, and this guy's going to make a heck of a lot more money and do a lot more than I will in my life, or no offense to you, Patrick, you will in yours, because he's going to be making people's lives, uh, you know, changing lives and saving lives, and I, I can't blame him for going on and, and thinking about his future. No, not at all. Can't blame him at all for doing that. And, uh, you know, that's – and I'll say this. You and I love sports. We love it. But th what he's doing is a is going to be a bigger calling and a more important calling because we need doctors. And, and I hope he will stay in eastern North Carolina or in North Carolina at least because we need ECU-educated doctors in the state of North Carolina. That, that's the majority of the doctors in the state went, went to ECU medical school, or a good majority of them went to ECU med school. So there you go. All right, Pilk, have I uh, tap danced enough, or are we, are we, uh, shot, we, are we short here? Two minutes. Oh, we got two minutes? All right, I'll tell yeah. you what. Philip the Ref Pilkington will uh, fill this back end if he needs to for the radio audience. Uh, tomorrow, uh, Pilk, you're going to get a Zoki? Is that what's happening tomorrow? Yes, yeah, so it's text Zoke. No? Uh, been, been okay. doing this, but we should be good to go with Zoke. I'll confirm <laughs> been with him. doing this. <laughs> well, we've been, been I've been busy, show, man. I'm okay. having to call Cy, yeah. and you know, you know how it is. Yeah, how great was Cy? And look, uh, you you yahoos out there who like to get on these message boards, and they'll probably start uh, posting about me again. But I'm down 22 pounds, so call me big all you want because that ain't going to last forever. Um, I will say this. Um, Cy is not some, you know, unaware. He's very self-aware, but he's just a positive, nice person. But he knows that, you know, people say, oh, he's too positive. He, that's why he's great on these radio interviews because, I mean, he's just fantastic on these radio interviews. All right, Pilk, I think I've talked it up to the point, don't you? You have. You have. You a, didn't have to throw you know it to me is? for an awkward fifth segment. No. no I did not. The fifth rail. Uh, it is. Uh, that's a professional for you, kids. Hey, All right. So that is. Many uh, years of experience, ladies show. and gentlemen. Right. Coming to fruition. Right. Trial, trial and a ton of error. I mean, all the mistakes, blame me. All right, see you in the morning on Talk of the Town, 7 o'clock. Looking forward to that. And uh, back here tomorrow for the Patrick Johnson Show, a live edition on all our platforms with uh, hopefully Jim Zoki and more from ECU Baseball Media Day. 
Have a great rest of your evening and day, everybody. Take care. <laughs>